Welcome back, everybody. We are back at the Press for Champagne headquarters, if you will, but that is the upper, the upper deck. Yeah, we are. We are flying on the upper deck today. Uh, we're back in Brittany's kitchen, seeing how the audio works up here today. You know what? Here's the thing. My parents think this is the dumbest shit I've ever done in my life. Like what? This kitchen or this podcast? No, my dad did this kitchen for me. And I actually really like my kitchen. But um, these chairs. Oh. Because just FYI, I don't have like a normal kitchen table. Like I have big like upholstered chairs and a little um, bistro table. Like almost like if you were going to have a um, a reading nook nook or something. I was going to say reading nook. If you wanted like cozy up on a chair and read a good book. Those are the types of chairs that are in Brandy's kitchen. Mm-hmm. But your parents think it's dumb. Yeah, they're like, where are you going to eat a meal? I'm like, in the comfy chair. <laughs> and do they think that you have guests over all the time for Yeah, dinner? I mean, here's the thing. It's not like, I have a small house. Like, I just have a little house. It's not, I don't have like a dining room. Like a room. little cottage. I do. I just have like a little ranch, you know? <laughs> A little two better ranch. Yeah, so that's where we're at. We're in Brady's kitchen again, and it's more comfortable here. That was going to be my point. It's just we have a little table. Yeah, we can set the drinks on it. We sit in the chairs. It's not freezing during the winter. It's great. Yeah, like so it. we're going to test it out because we're seeing how the audio works. Because you know we're all about the sound quality, folks. Danny's really particular. I could give a shit less. I know you guys. I get <laughs> so much anxiety with the sound quality because, like, honestly, nothing is more annoying than when you're listening to a podcast and like. The sound is just not it. Yeah, Danny told me a couple weeks ago that she heard a lot of. <laughs> I'm like, Brittany, you gotta stop sniffling. She's like, you need to stop sniffling. I'm like, bitch, I had a freaking rhino septoplasty yeah, here like a year oh, ago. Lame. I'm still in recovery. I have another appointment. I told Brittany to breathe through her mouth. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I've spent 33 years doing that, you jackass. I'm not doing it anymore. And this is why everybody calls me a savage. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> No. I'm like, back to biz. Oh, I was like, I tried to say it as much. I was like, Brandon, I don't know if it was you or me, but someone sniffled yeah, she, on the she back. she tried to like pull this whole, I'm not sure who it was. I'm like, it was me, Danny. Yeah, I no, Brandy, I knew. I knew it was you. nasal issues, you asshat. Like, god damn. Anyways, we've moved on. Um... <laughs> When I was growing up, we had a librarian at our school that would always sniffle. Like, she always had, like, a tissue in her hand and was always, like, sniffling. So she'd, like, come in and, like, read. Like, at this elementary school, she'd, like, come in and read to us. And she'd be, like, reading a sentence. And then she'd go, <laughs> read a sentence. She probably had nasal drippage. It's a thing. Well, I, I don't know. have that. I just, um, I get... I've told everybody this. I get blockages. Yeah, Brandy will go into like detail, but I was like, bro, I don't care. Just stop sniffing on the I podcast. I can't. I can't. Like, that's why I'm still in recovery, going back, probably second surgery. Like, I can't. Breathe. You just want that hot doctor's number. That's the yeah. only reason you're going back. I got an update. I think he's dating somebody, bought another house. It's fine. Moving on. Does he have friends? Maybe you need to like investigate that. <laughs> Um, so what are you doing this weekend, Doc? Yeah, like, hey, you got a single bro you want me to, you want to set me up with? Yeah, or? I think I'm just going to, like, set up a bumble or something. Can you please? We, let's, um, okay, maybe, ooh, I don't know, maybe, like, after Christmas. We'll do Why? this. I don't know. I just. You think the holidays, you're not going to be lonely? I might what? be busy, you know, like. Until the first of the year. Apparently, everybody's meeting everybody on Bumble. Yeah, but, like, I think that we should do a Bumble, but, like, set it, my location, like, somewhere fun. 
and then we could go like on a New trip. York because you have to go on dates. Well, we could. Take are a you 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 think that there's not any local bachelors available for you? Uh, available, yes. For me. <laughs> wow, what a high maintenance hussy. But I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, you want me to go, like, preg check a cow with you? It oh, ain't God, happening. no, I don't even do that. It ain't happening. Mm-mm. And don't bring your muddy-ass boots in my house. It ain't oh. happening. I just, you know. Michael came in the other day, and he had cow shit on the front of his pants, not the back. And he went to go sit on the couch. I was like, don't fucking sit down. Get the fuck out. I'm like, see? You got, see? You got shit on your pants. And it's, maybe it, that was rude to say, like, for, I don't know that I'm for them. Like, I'm not everybody's oh, yeah, glass a good, of champagne. A, that's a good you know? way to turn like, it, Brandy, so it makes you look like the better person. I get it. No. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lot. I'm a little bit much. It's a, yeah, I get you. Yeah. I'm picking up front down. Yeah, thanks. So, I'm ready. Um, trying to be polite. Tell me what you had going on. I mean, on like, I feel week. like that was really off the track. So, what I've been doing, number one, you guys, uh, as we love to do is recommend our favorite movies and shit on Netflix because, you know, about to go into a second lockdown, maybe. Yeah, we are, like, on the verge (laughs) of a fucking mental breakdown for so many reasons. We're on the cusp, and I love (laughs) the word cusp, you guys. Um, But I did watch Holiday on Netflix last weekend. Is that a new? Yeah, it's new. It has Emma Roberts. It was super cute, you guys. I I highly recommend it. It's just, like, a little, like, feel-good, like, show and I is it um ho- it is holiday related yeah obviously I mean it's it's all the holidays like it like it's so it's not like Christmas focused okay, that's okay. all the holidays it's super cute so I highly recommend that okay so you guys you know how sometimes I come in here and I was like I just had a week and work was shit and I've been stressed and blah 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 well again that was my life this week and then this morning I had a little revelation while I was listening to the Hamilton musical soundtrack okay that you get out of life, what you put into life. So this is just like me, like giving you guys also a little pep talk. Like if you're feeling a little down in the dumps, like maybe your life's not exactly where you wanted it to be. And like, you're like, how did I end up on this farm in Akron, Nebraska, married to a farmer that doesn't like, like the same things that I do. Sometimes you just need to say to yourself, you get out of life, what you put into it. And that's when you just like dig down deep in the bones and you start, you know, remembering who you were and just, you know, start focusing on that. To this positivity yep. coming out of Danny, just a ray of fucking sunshine Holy who's out here doing the buckets. Lord's work. That was <laughs> yeah, so inspiring. I mean, you're welcome, everybody. But honestly, I haven't. We watched. I watched that holiday movie this weekend, and Michael was sitting on the couch with me. I don't think he was watching. Oh, but he Sha- was too. Sean Connery died this last week, and oh, you guys. Yeah, and I, that did shock me. I, I mean, like he was 90, and he died in his private resort in Barbados, which is honestly how I want to die. Yeah, I'm not mad about that. So, but anyway, I, so we did watch a lot of Sean Connery movies this weekend because I love Sean Connery. That's cute. I mean, like, who doesn't love Sean Connery? If you don't love Sean Connery, I don't even want to know I you. I know Sean Connery. I mean. <laughs> but, you know, you just, you look at him and you're like, he's like a sexy. You just he's just cr- like a good looking old you like, guy. You, you know? just want to crawl up that tree. Wow. <laughs> this little koala <laughs> over here. <laughs> Um, so, by the way, you guys, I did go out for cocktails with a friend before I came over to Brandy, so I'm, like, pretty fucking toasted. Yeah, she's, like, three sheets to the wind. Don't worry about me, guys. Um. What'd you do for Halloween? Nothing. You, like, hid under your bed? Yeah, duh. Okay. Fucking Kitsy told me all those stories about ghosts and shit, and I was like, I'm not going out. I'm not gonna lie, I've heard my house creak a few times, and I was like... This ain't it. Hello, darkness. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, Brady, what did you do? Did you go out for Halloween? I did not go out. Um, I ended up staying in, and we made soup and drink wine. I did buy candy to hand. Like, did you get trick or treaters? Yeah, but I I didn't like let them come to the door. I just emptied them in a giant basket and set it like out like not my, even on your stoop. No, I was like, don't even grab the handles coming up to my stairs. I put them on a little patio chair, like, before the steps of my front porch. I was like, help yourselves. Did you put a note? No, I just turned on my light and was like, figure it out. So did they take all the candy? Literally went through so much candy. So either I had a ton of trick-or-treaters or or kids were greedy AF. Probably greedy as fuck. But did you refill throughout the night or did you just throw it all in once and said when it's gone, it's it's gone? So somebody told me this is like the lamest thing to hand out at Halloween. So whatevs. I'm not cool like my parents and hand out full-size candy bars on Halloween. Your parents are a full-size candy bar house? Man, I should have went trick-or-treating. Yeah. My mom also, some, she used to, like, do books, like, Halloween books. Or just, like, you know, like, children's picture books. She would buy them. Did she me. also hand out pennies? <laughs> no. But I would hit up that place if I knew where So what buy. did you hand out? So I buy Capri Suns. You know, like, you get thirsty when you're walking around. Look at all that candy. You need a little hydration. So, you do what? Those little Capri Suns, they're delicious. <laughs> So okay. I just buy Capri Suns. Wow. And then I also had like three bags of candy and it was all gone. So 40 Capri Suns. That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, who the fuck's taking that many Capri Suns? <laughs> who the fuck is handing out Capri Suns? I do. I think it's, you know, kids get thirsty. I'm surprised you've never been TP'd. I don't know. I'm not cool. I mean, my brother hands out like pop. I think the Capri Suns like a little healthier. I think that handing out drinks on Halloween is fucking weird. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but then I I think handing out, like, shitty candy. Like, give me the full-size candy bar Mountain Dew. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Or, you know what I really loved when I was little was the little boxes of cereal. I don't know why. Shut up. Who the fuck did you go to who handed out little boxes of cereal? There was always, like, a couple houses that always bought those little tiny, like, cereal surf. Oh, my God. I've never heard of that in my entire life. What? What do you mean, what? That was like, we loved going to that house because they always gave out the tiny boxes of cereal. That is insane. I think it was great. I think we need to have a poll about if this is normal or not because it's I mean, cause definitely you know not I normal. Hate? I hate like when somebody gives me some freaking candy corn, somebody gives me those little fucking pumpkin things. Like, don't give me that shit. It, or the gross candy bars. Like... Like, what's a gross candy bar to Like you? a York peppermint patty. <laughs> what the fuck is going on a York peppermint patty? They bag? come in those mixed bags. And then you go to those houses and they, like, count out. One, two, three. Here's your three pieces. It's like, are, okay. It's Scrooge. <laughs> you know? Like, d- d- no. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, whatever. So. So that's, so that's what I did. I did the, you know, the football wine soup. Made sure the trick-or-treaters were behaving themselves. They were out late. For a Saturday night. Oh, it was Saturday and it was a full moon. I feel like it's like prime prime trick-or-treating time. Isn't always Halloween always full moon? I don't think so. But Maybe I don't first, know. isn't that how the moon works? I have, dude, that's what, I have pretty, no idea. Pretty sure it is, everybody. Just I have no that idea. I am no um, astronomer, but I think that's how the moon and the sun work. 
Wow. They're on like a cycle. Maybe I just learned something new or maybe Brandy just fed us all full of shit. We'll no, never know. I'm pretty sure October 31 every year. Brandy moon. does think that she's a witch, so. I would know. Um, also, this so this weekend we had family photos. Um, that did was you a guys, shit show. Did you guys have somebody take them? We, no, we just did selfies. No, I, I mean like <laughs> I take our family photos, so I didn't know if like you. No, we, yeah, we had like bought my mom i think i don't even know i asked the photographer i was like do we owe you money and she was like yeah and she was joking but i didn't laugh because i was like no but, no, but really i couldn't remember so did you guys take them locally or did you go no we went to grand island um and so yeah it was drive and then there are four kids under the age of six trying to get them to smile and focus and sit their ass down it was yikes yeah that was something else so um my clothes don't fit again. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Um, so that's what I learned this weekend. Got on the scale and whoa. What, it, the, what the fuck is happening to my body? Bernie, you just got back from like a fucking two month vacation to the fucking <laughs> East Coast. Like, I thought about that, but then I was like, I think this runs deeper than those 10 days. I don't know. I did just eat half a pizza trying to sober your ass up, which I'm not sure why I ate the pizza. To I don't know because I had two pieces. That was great. I had two pieces and an antacid, you guys, because I'm 31. <laughs> she did. She asked for some antacid. <laughs> no, I'm 32. Ooh. Am I 32? I'm 34. I'm 32. Fuck you guys. You know, getting old. We're gonna call an Uber for Danny tonight. <laughs> um. Wait. So, anyways, I'm just. I'm in going through my closet, just getting rid of it. You know how you save on to that stuff that's like, that's not going to fit. Your Did you thigh. watch my Instagram story today about my Alan Jackson concert team, yeah. concert shirt? Yeah, there's just some stuff you don't want to get rid of. You just don't get rid of. So this this is a shirt um, that has like little skulls on it, but with like little like Native American dress, like heads, like so Indian, like feathers and stuff. Um, that I got from Wrangler, which I special ordered. So at this time, I did own a Western store, but I special ordered this Wrangler shirt just for me because I wanted it so bad because I loved it. It's a pearl snap shirt, and it's, um, guys, it's a size small. It doesn't fit me anymore. It doesn't fit my big old arms, so... But I'm it's never just, getting rid of it. Yeah. Never. I mean, there's just a couple of things, right? Everybody has it. Oh, but yeah. I, I need to do a purge. I need to get rid. Of, I need to let the dream die, and then I need to refocus. When I'm that old lady that dies and people go to my estate sale to try and, like, buy my clothes, that they're going to find that Wrangler pearl snap, and they're going to be like, wow, what a fucking fancy-ass bitch. I mean, honestly, sorry, just pouring some drink here. Yeah, you guys, we're already, already half cocktail deep in this. We'll let you it's know a, how it tastes in a bit. Um... <laughs> I, there's just some things that I've like bought that I think are really like special or cute or unique that I just there's like this emotional attachment yeah. to it like even though I know that it's probably not necessarily in fashion but it's like those things that you're like I feel like if I ever had a daughter yeah in like 20 years she's gonna be like this is bitching I agree and that's why like sometimes I buy well most of the time now I buy things for their quality not their like trendiness because number one they'll last you through seasons for years to come but also if you buy quality items they'll last you for a long time that even if like they might go out of season for like a decade you can bring it back or like you can recycle it into your wardrobe or like make it trendy with trendier items so that's why like I always focus on buying pieces that are more expensive because it's better quality. 
but that kind of went off the rails. So anyway. So um, also just a random like little fun tidbit here. Um, shout out to Jill who listens to the podcast. Oh, but hi, she, Jill. Thanks for um, listening. Yeah, she sent me the Pioneer Woman um, put out an article on her website. She didn't write it, but it's a chocolate Prosecco just in time for the holidays. It, it's called Sparkling Chocolate Wine Choco Seco. Interesting. Um, unclear where it's available, but I'm assuming that it's potentially like available at Walmart because I think that's where the Pioneer Woman has a lot of her products, I think. Hmm. Unclear. Hey. But anyways, I just thought I just thought I would throw that out there, like a little fun Yeah. Thing to explore. So maybe we'll get some of that here in the next few weeks and let you know how it is. Sweet. Okay. But thanks for that tip. I love all the drink tips. Yeah, thanks, Jill. Okay, you guys, let's get into this week's drink of the week, which this week we are talking about the Paris Hilton documentary because Brandon and I both watched it and we have thoughts. Um, so this week is just a champagne cocktail and it includes a bottle of champagne or sparkling wine. What did we use? I used Prosecco. Prosecco. A cup of pomegranate. Jesus, you guys wasted over here. A cup of pomegranate juice, which is... Or, or do we, cherry. We uh, use cherry. Yeah, okay. We use cherry it says juice. pomegranate or cherry. Sorry, Brandy made the drink. I'm just reading the recipe. Yep. So we use cherry juice, a quarter cup of elderflower liqueur, which we definitely had, and raspberry pomegranate seeds, cranberry or cherry. Which what seeds did we use? Um, raspberry. Raspberry. Yep. I see that as I looked at my cocktail. So you combine all the ingredients in a pitcher, stir gently, serve in a champagne flute, and garnish with the additional flute. Don't forget, never shake your champagne because it'll explode in your face. Yes, it will. And it is a delicious cocktail. It We've is. already been drinking it for like a hot minute. So. It's really pretty. This would be like a really pretty um, Christmas cocktail to make because it's such a deep like red color. Yeah. It, and like the elderberry liqueur like makes it kind of like a festive taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that elderberry shit that we have. Where'd you get that from that website? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is really good. And I love, um, I didn't make it in my uh, punch bowl, but I would absolutely do this in a punch bowl. Sweet. With pomegranate seeds for the holidays. Well, hey. So, um, Brandy, do you want to tell us about Julianne Huff's divorce? Can I, can I preface this story with, number one, I didn't read this article because I saw Julianne Huff and my thoughts on her are, I'm not it. I'm not into her. I think that she's fucking weird. Okay, same, but that's why I posted this on the notes because she has officially filed for divorce from Brooks, which, and I don't know how to say his last name, it's like. Like, yeah, it's very like Scottish or something. So they had obviously split up like a few months back, I think back in May. Uh, Yeah, it was like at the early COVID Yeah, and then they had gotten... I don't want to say like they had gotten back together, but they definitely announced a separation in May. And then they had been together clearly on like social media and like doing things. And they don't have any kids, right? I don't think so. I don't think they do either. And then um, she has now officially like filed. And so um, I I just thought this was interesting because I'm not like a huge, I'm not a Julian Huff. Huff. What movie was she in where they were dancing? She was good in that movie. That's about it. All I know of her is that she kind of has, like, this, like, social media cult, like, following. Do you? Okay. And I find it bizarre. Everybody do yourself a favor and follow Jackie Schimmel on Instagram. I like her. Because Jackie Schimmel, she has a podcast called The Bitch Bible. 
And which I appreciate because she fully owns her bitchiness, which I feel like a lot of women don't do because they're like afraid of like being labeled a bitch. And Jackie Schimmel's like, no, I'm a bitch. I'm going to, and my podcast is called The Bitch Bible. So Jackie Schimmel does this whole thing on Julianne Huff. And like there was one time where Julianne Huff, this was before COVID, this was like last year. Julianne Huff like was at like this Oprah conference or something. That's what it was. And she was like having, I don't know what the hell was happening, but pretty much it looked like like the demons were being resurrected from her body, but it also looked like she was just having an orgasm on a table in front of 100,000 people. But like people are like paying a lot of money to be a part of this. Yes, and like Oprah has her, like when Oprah was doing all these like Oprah tours, Julianne Huff was like a fucking attraction or whatever. I know that's like not the right word, but like she was like a guest speaker on this panel. And so Oprah was like all in on like Julianne Huff like, being a freak show Bob, having org and this I'm, I'm saying orgasms. That's not what was happening, but that's if you watch the video, that's what it looks like was happening. But pretty much it was saying like, you know, she is so spiritual that whenever she has something wrong with her, she can just lay down and like think think her thoughts away, and that's what it looks like when her bad thoughts are leaving her body or something like that. Like I, that's I, very much putting it into layman's terms, but it looks wild. And Julianne Huff, in my opinion, has, like, been living in L.A. for way too fucking long. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into a lot of, like, hippy-dippy weird, like... And, like, I'm, I'm a big old hippie at heart, and that was like, way too that, hippy-dippy uh, for me. Like, a tandric sex? Like, oh, a, like Kama Sutra or some shit? Yeah, or, like, isn't ta- tantric. tantric. Yeah. Or, I don't yeah. know. I'm not into... Clearly, I don't know about it, so... Yeah, I mean, like, it's just wild. So, anyway, Julianne, uh, best of luck in your divorce. No wonder this guy doesn't want to be with you, because I think you're weird. But <laughs> but if you guys want more coverage on Julianne Huff, follow Jackie Schimmel on Instagram, because she's fucking hilarious. Um, speaking of divorces, this isn't in our notes, so you're probably like, who the hell is this? But Erica Jane, if anybody watches Real Housewives, which I'm obsessed... Um, she is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and she is married to Mr. Girardi, who is a bigwig attorney out in Beverly Hills. Um, I think he was involved in the Aaron Brockovich sitch, but like... Which side was he on? Aaron's side or the other side? Yeah, like I think he made, like he... He was on Aaron's side? Yes, was involved okay. with Aaron on her side and okay. made like a shit ton of money. And I feel like that's important information we need to yes, know. Yes, his name is Tom Girardi, but um, he's like worth over $30 million. Like he's huge, huge attorney out there. He um, is 81 and Erica is like 41. I mean, there's a pretty big um, age difference, and I might have their ages off a little bit. Erica might be a little bit older. She might be closer to 45. Anyways, um, she, again, is on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and she's like a sassafras. She's on Broadway right now, and she has like an alter ego. But anyways... Erica Jane is 49. Oh, she's a lot old. She doesn't look that old. I really like her. I think she's very refreshing on the show, but it is shocking that she filed for divorce. When I saw this earlier this They've been married for 21 years. Yeah, I mean, they've had a long-term marriage. Like, they've always had an age difference. She was a cocktail waitress and, like, slipped him her number, um, and they got married and have been together. This is where I went wrong, you guys. I was out in the the West Coast. 
doing my thing. I could have been married to a fucking 81-year-old man with $30 billion. Yeah, I don't know why you didn't. You know, I was dumb. Very, I wasn't very savvy in my youth. And now, you know, here I am doing a podcast in Brandy's Kitchen. Yeah, here, I mean, goddamn, things, and things went south for you. I thought that what you were going to say when you said this wasn't in our notes was that Cardi B canceled her divorce to offset i'm happy about that i'm not gonna lie honestly after i was like bitch you can bring this up again after i told you we don't need to talk about cardi b and offsets relationship anymore on this podcast and then here i am um so apparently kendall no can we sorry we have to like fucking step back about 20 steps because the story is kendall doesn't care about covid because she had a birthday party on halloween or whatever when everybody was there not giving a shit about covid but should we all not think about what was it last weekend when Kim had a fucking private island 40th birthday party where they literally rented a private island? I missed that. Like, you didn't hear about this? I know. I live under a rock. They literally rented a private island. We're in the middle of a pandemic. People are, are going without food and medication, and fucking the Kardashians are like, we just invited Your like 200 of our for president. We just invited like 200 of our closest friends to this private island. We made them all quarantine for two weeks so that you know we knew there would no be no COVID out here. We just wanted to be, feel like we were like normal for like a minute. They're like literally, I don't. First of all, I don't know 200 people. You're not. You're not a billionaire. When you know, when you're a billionaire, trust me, 200 people will be they knocking show on your up. door. Yeah, they show up. Yeah, so apparently, anyway, back to Kendall. She had a birthday party, but you know what? The only thing that I care about from this birthday party is that Noah Centineo is dating one of Kendall or Kendall or Kylie's like best friends, and I fucking love Noah Centineo. So if you guys don't know who he is, he's like a little like teenage heartthrob that's like way too young for me, but just but you're still like loving. Oh, super adorable. Loving on him a little bit. Yeah. Do you have thoughts on this uh, Kendall? I just COVID situation. I mean, here's the thing. I don't I don't know. I thought it was like 100 people, which is still aggressive, right? Um if it was a private thing not open to the public and it was something where it was like, "Hey, buyer beware. There's 100 people here where it, like it looked like people weren't wearing masks from what I've read about it, but I wasn't there. I'm not Like here I guess to this judge. is my thing is I've like, been on an airplane uh four airplane rides yeah. with Likely over 100 people on each one. I wore a mask every single time. I've traveled. Like, I've done things that are probably, like, frowned upon. But I also took every measure I could to protect myself and other people. And at some point, like, as long as you're taking the appropriate measures, I'm not really here to judge how we're supposed to, like, live life. I agree. I I do. Sorry. I just want to. I'm just trying my opinion out. Yeah, I just want (laughs) to fucking get the. I just want to be clear that I do think we need to take precautions. So, uh, Brandy, what did you think of the old Paris Hilton documentary? Uh, Okay, so let's talk about this Paris Hilton documentary. If you guys don't know where it's at, it is on YouTube. Yeah, and I thought that it was on Netflix originally, so maybe it was only on YouTube, and I just got that information wrong. I thought, I'm yeah. So it's I only- thought I had seen it on Netflix, but it could be just on YouTube. But it's on YouTube, and it's free, so I mean, like, it's not like it's a big deal. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah. You. I don't have like a YouTube account. I just went to the I mean, website I and watched do it. Do you need a YouTube account? I didn't know. Like, I'm not like I don't watch shit on YouTube. What? You don't have to, like 
see something like oh i should go check that out i see like video i just honestly like i'm not like on youtube to know like if it's something if it's like a long video do you have to have any i don't know no. like i didn't know if it was youtube is free service. for everyone yeah so it's so weird i mean you can put there's like like YouTube. are there other shows on YouTube? like there's youtube red which you can pay for like and they have like shows but i think youtube is all the content on youtube is free from what i understand the, like huh. and from what if the youtube red is just to not have ads <laughs> That's my mind blowing. Wow, Brittany, how old are you? So old, honestly. Interesting. I was on a Zoom call for sorority the other night, and I was like, they were like, oh, we're going to go to breakout rooms. And I was like, how do I get to the room? And they're like, we'll just send you, like, we'll send you a button to click. Wow, Brandy. I mean, like, yikes. Yeah. Anyways. So, Paris Hilton's 39, huh? Yeah, honestly. That shocked me, too. Uh, yeah. And when you wrote that in notes, I was like, Brittany's got to have this wrong. I mean, obviously, like, we grew up in the early 2000s with Paris Hilton blowing up. And at the time, you know, she, you know we were 15, 16, whatever. I felt like she was the same age. But yeah. obviously, she was, you know. Or just like, a, I She guess. was 21 at that time. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, I was going to say just like a few years older. But I mean, she's only a few years older than you. <laughs> Wow, this bitch tonight, everybody. We just, woo. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I, no, th- I, I poisoned that pizza. I just sprinkled a little extra shit on your I was wondering why I was so spicy. God. No, Anyways. Th- 39 she, did blow my mind. Like, no, it, she did. I mean, obviously, she doesn't look that old. She no, looks amazing. Amazing for 39. But yeah, when we were younger, I definitely thought she was about our age, even though we're two years apart. She <laughs> seemed roughly that same yeah for sure but she i mean frankly she's what six years uh yeah i can't do math five or six years yeah she's like she's probably five years older than you she's gotta be like 40 because that was filmed like a year no she's 39 because i looked up on wikipedia today when after i was reading your notes i was like there's no way this bitch is 39 so she had to have been 38 when she was filming yeah so she is obviously if not that anybody that's listening to this podcast doesn't know who paris hilton is but if you don't know she's the great granddaughter of conrad hilton who founded the hilton hotels her parents are richard and kathy hilton and her mother was a child movie actress and model, and her aunt is on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What's her name? Uh, Kyle. Is, Kyle. Yeah. And I don't know her last name. Richards. Thank you. Kyle yep. Richards. Yes. Um. So if you watch the documentary, which is called This Is Paris, and there's going to be some spoilers. So if you have not watched the documentary, stop turn, the podcast. Turn it off, go watch it. Come back. Yeah. So Paris did a... Wait, I don't know. She must have been in her early 20s, maybe 2021, when she, yeah, she started I mean, filming we were... Simple Life. I was a huge fan of Simple Life. I watched every episode. Yeah. I mean, again, that's what I was saying. Did you watch it? Because yeah. we would have been, like, in high school when that came out. Yeah, so for she sure. would have been, like, 21, 22 when it came out. And essentially, they were, like, I don't know if people remember, like, Wife Swap or whatever. But they Yes, were I do remember Wife Swap. There was no swap. They were just implanted in frankly probably places where we're living right now i know which i mean like i think that they're i i'd like to pretend that like people in the in the midwest are not as um they it seemed like they picked families that were a little bit more slow than the rest of us you know and i feel like and i and i'm like i guess i don't know how to say that like in a nice term but like they they picked these families that were not 
I don't know. I feel like we're progressive. Like it's not like they they pick the literally like the most like podunk families in the Midwest. Yeah, probably some more conservative. Yeah, like, old school. Which I mean, another thing that we should maybe preface all this with is like the the Hiltons, like Kathy and Richard Hilton, are very conservative people. They're Republicans. They you know have a very conservative lifestyle. And I, I think that like most people think that when you're rich and famous, you're definitely a Democrat and you're definitely a liberal. So. Um, but The Simple Life, obviously Paris did with Nicole Richie, mm-hmm. and it was a wild, wild time for everyone. It was fun. It was a fun show. I loved it. I loved Paris and Nicole. I thought they were like, and when they had a falling, falling out, and I'm using quotes here, because who knows, like, in the I'm still re- very upset about this. Well, like, did they really, or was this, like, all for the show? Because now that if you watch the documentary, you know that Paris was acting this whole time. Like, this was her act. Yeah, she wasn't being, like, her real... Although there were, like, traits from that show that, like, you could catch on to, I felt like. Like, what do you mean? She's not, like, a super, like, energetic, like, high-energy person. Oh, no, for sure. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, who knows if her and Nikki actually fell out in their friendship. Like, they're obviously... Nicole Richie was not in her documentary, which, I mean, whatever. Right. But, like, obviously, like... well, at the time when they did Simple Life and it ended, it ended because, or because, again, quotations, Nicole and Paris were no longer friends. They had a falling out. But you know? you do, I mean, in all fairness, you don't see any, like, stories, pictures, etc. of those two anymore. But you don't also really see any stories, pictures, etc. of Nicole Richie anymore. You, I've seen stuff, though, with her. Like, she's actually really pretty. No, yeah. I mean, like, you see stuff yeah. of her, but, like, you don't see stuff of, like, her and her friends, because her and Cameron Diaz are sisters, and no one talks about that. Sister-in-laws. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. sisters. No, but isn't that crazy? When I, like, my mind was blown when I put that Yeah, but, I mean, together. like, they're married to the, the Madden brothers, and no one really talks about that, but, so, I mean, like... That's fair. But, like, fair. Nicole Richie, as a person, is very private. She does have a clothing label at Revolve. Cameron Diaz, as a person, is very private. I also didn't know that she does House of Harlow. Yeah, that's Nicole Richie's clothing line that revolves. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I've, again, mind blown. Yeah. Live under a rock. So, I mean, like, I think that these are these things that, like, they put out into, like, the world for us little peons to, like, consume, thinking that we're being fed all the information, but literally we know nothing. That's fair. But also, I mean, Kim Kardashian was Paris Hilton's personal assistant for how long, and you don't really see them together. No, but you do see things now. Like, obviously, Kim was the only person that was in this documentary that was a quote-unquote friend of Paris's. She literally owes everything. Yeah, but and then, like, (laughs) they just did a collaboration with Louis Vuitton, and Paris and Kim were both in the collaboration. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I do think that there are certain things that Paris lets us see and the things that Paris doesn't let us see. But, like, one of the things that you see from this documentary is that Paris... She's is, a very savvy business woman. Yeah, it's all business. Like, yes. she's not letting you see more than she wants you to see. And she's not holding things back that she thinks that are vital to her brand. It's all about her and her brand. But she also sees that, like, you know, this is something we'll get into, like, at the further we go along this topic, that... But, like, Paris feels like she created a monster because she was essentially the very first influencer. Yeah, which, I mean, kind of makes sense. Like, I feel like she was really the first socialite. Yeah. Um, You know, somebody who was famous for nothing. Nothing, yeah. Literally nothing. And which we'll get into that in a little bit more in a second. But, um, so anyway, she's currently a DJ. She has over 19 product lines. Again, which... 
for her DJ career, it, it cost you a million dollars if you went Paris to DJ at an event for you. Like, it's, I mean, people when they're like, oh, Paris Hilton is a DJ, it's not really a joke. Like, she no. makes bank doing that. And she's been doing it for a lot of years. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. Um, She owns a resort. She has a perfume line that has grossed over $3 billion to I date. used to wear the Paris Hilton perfume. I, I have, yeah, I've had Paris Hilton perfume. Like, the, I, the OG one. I don't know if it's just called Paris school. or whatever. I, I haven't yeah. worn it for, like, 15 years to be clear but yeah. wait it's like i wear this every day no but no paris's perfume was legit yeah, it smelled good yeah. yeah yeah i liked it in high school i mean it just seems silly to buy paris hilton you know one of the things no that- hate no hate no shade if you're wearing it out there it might smell really good i just have not bought it since high school so one of the things that paris does say in her documentary is that she loves making money and like honestly fucking same paris i get it you keep doing you boo Danny's about to DJ some shit. And I was like, I'm about to get my DJ career off the track. Another DJ Jazzy Danny coming in hot. Another thing that, like, I, she said, like, while she was talking about all these things, is, like, make she loves making money, but she also doesn't want to date a bitch boy. And I was like, fucking same. Paris, like, honestly, Paris Hilton and I might be the same person. You think? I don't want to date a bitch boy, and I love making money. <laughs> I mean. You're like, hey, twin. <laughs> Honestly, who wants to date a bitch boy? I'm, yeah, not me. Actually, that resonated with me when she was like, I don't want to date somebody who just like wants to follow me around and do nothing. Yeah. I was like, okay, we might be friends. Which I have more thoughts on this. We're going to get into Paris's relationships here in a bit, but I have way more thoughts Why on this. Why is she famous? Tell us. Um, so I have no idea, but I, the, one of the <laughs> things. Unclear. One of the things that I found extremely interesting in this documentary was that. One of a, a founder of a paparazzi company, his name is Shiraz Hassan, says that he built the foundation of his paparazzi business on the back of Paris Hilton, and that sometimes his photographers would earn fifty thousand to a million dollars for one photo of Paris Hilton Isn't in the two thousands. That is absolutely That's nuts. Crazy. So pretty much, he's saying that like, pop the the. I know like a lot of people would say that like. You know, when Princess Diana, obviously she died because yes. paparazzi were trying to take their, her picture, but it's almost like. In America, the age of, you know, getting your photo taken was because of Paris Hilton, which I thought was fucking wild. And and I always think that was it's why that's weird to me because when I've grown up, there's always been paparazzi. But obviously, okay. I'm a child of the 2000s, of the 90s and the 2000s, where mm-hmm. there's always been paparazzi. But before that, apparently, it wasn't so much a thing. Not, I don't think to that level. Yeah. I don't think to that level. But it is super, um, super crazy. The the part that kind of like broke my heart in the documentary was when she talked about her sex tape, which, hello, Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton, they've all had sex tapes. Well, I'm well, about to release mine. <laughs> well, Just that's joking. one of the things that she said was that her sex, the sex tape got, got leaked and like, and we'll go into like more about the details, but she said that after it got leaked, it was almost like. People thought it was like, this is how you become famous is you leak a sex tape. And so sex tapes are being leaked all over after that, you know, because that's how people thought that they would become famous is if their sex tape was leaked. But like, this is clearly not some, like she talks about the experience and how it was so traumatizing. Like she was with somebody who was pressuring her to do a video in the first place, somebody that she really cared about and trusted um, and frankly, like you know, was probably being manipulated. He, yeah. Like, I think she was really um, dedicated and committed to this p- 
person in that relationship and he clearly was not yes and ultimately convinced her to um make a video with him and then shared that with people that he shouldn't have and and she was young when this happened she was 18 and we'll get into here in a second about like the things that happened right before her 18th birthday to why she you know was even attracted to a man like this but I do want to say this just for like people out there obviously like she did say that like if she were to make a sex tape now in 2020 it would not be as big of a deal as it was back then when she was 18. This I mean when she made that I mean that was like they're like 2000. I mean, it was before like internet stuff was popping, before social media existed. Yeah. So it was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. And like in the documentary, her sister Nikki talks about how they were living in a hotel, like at the penthouse of some hotel, and how she would go wake up in the morning and go down the, the her hallway. Her mom did that. Oh, uh, we'll go down the hallway and flip over all the newspapers so people wouldn't see Paris's face on the front of the newspaper. It wasn't for the other people. It was so Paris and yeah. the kids wouldn't walk through the hallways to go to school and see Paris's face. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sorry, I thought that made that clear. But yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, who knew Paris had two more siblings besides Nikki? Wait, what? I knew. Don't they just have one other? No, I thought they have two. No, thought, just a brother. I thought they had two brothers. Okay, maybe double fact check that. I thought they just had one brother. Wow. What do we know? I thought they had two brothers because I looked at Well, his... is he single? What's he doing? <laughs> I mean, I don't think What's that one of them is. Let's see. I thought there were just three. Nikki, Paris, and then a boy who's married. Four. Oh, my Four God. Four kids. Miss the fourth. Wow. How old are they? I don't know. It's odd. Wait, is Nikki or Paris? Paris is the oldest. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, Okay, so anyway, that's, so, that you know, now we're getting past her sex tape. We're going to go into her, or that time in the early 2000s before we get into, like, the bigger issues that came from the documentary. Um, In the early 2000s when I was watching this, I wanted to be Paris Hilton. I mean, like, who didn't want to be Paris Hilton? Yeah. I thought that she had, she was living the best life. I obviously thought that she was a huge ditz. And we all come to find out that that's just like an act that she's been putting on. But like, what about you, Bernie? What did you think? I mean, same. I like idolized her in a sense. I mean, I thought she was beautiful. I thought she um, was everything any girl my age wanted to be. I wore so many low rise jeans and cropped tank tops yeah, in well, the early 2000s because of her and i was not i did not have the same build as paris hilton you guys yeah, so, i mean like it was not cute britney spears hasn't let that dream die yet but <laughs> the rest of us need to yeah it's not a cute look in retrospect but i definitely had a lot of hip huggers like past my pubic bone like you guys not a cute look for those big old bo- booty girls yeah that's fat bottom girls you know a lot of thongs being shown in, in fucking... Yeah, the whale, the whale tail in the back. <laughs> okay, so let's get into this Provo Canyon School um, well, deal. Yeah, so I just... I think we need to preface this with the... The documentary essentially focuses on, like, the real Paris Hilton. We don't know the real story. Yeah. She alludes to essentially being kidnapped and trauma that she's experienced well they kidnapped her to take her to the school right but i just want to be clear that this documentary doesn't say that until essentially three quarters of the way through yeah i mean she 
talks about trauma, having images and nightmares of people coming in, taking her from her room, her yelling for her family from help. Like, it paints this really, like, scary picture. Not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying, like, your mind is going about 50 different directions as to what she's going to reveal on this documentary as to what happened to her, what her trauma is. Yeah. She talks about um, people saying we can do this the the easy way or the hard way. And, I mean, to me, my mind's, like, running all over the place waiting for her to reveal something. So we go through her past. We go through the pepper. All this shit well, we just talked about. Well, before we talk about the Provo Cater School, she had... Her family moved from L.A. to New York, and she was partying. Like, she's like a little party girl sneaking out into clubs, and her parents were very traditional and very conservative, and they were obviously very embarrassed that her daughter was, like, sneaking out and going to clubs. Um, So they sent her to a bunch of different, like, kind of, like, reform schools, and then the last one, when she was 17, was this provocating school in Utah. Which then she um, explains a little bit more, obviously. As Danny just said, it's in Utah. It was a, uh, I don't want to say gated because that sounds, it was a fenced in, like I'm talking prison fence. Um, Fenced in environment, extremely strict. But essentially during this documentary, she reveals that she was verbally, physically, and mentally abused there. She says at one point that she was stripped down from her clothes, and I don't know if she was naked or bra and underpants, and put into solitary confinement for 24 hours. I mean, her descriptions are fairly, co- like, colorful. I think it would be difficult to make up the details that she had. And there have been, as you watch in the documentary, several other people who have come forward mm-hmm. with similar or... Um, related stories about the experiences they had yeah um that school is no longer in operation but nobody i thought that it was but it was under new ownership because the new ownership would not comment on the past maybe that's the case i guess i just assumed that particular organization was no longer no because i googled it today and it was still in operation but like they were having like a no comment but pretty much saying that like we're in a new ownership this is not like the same school and it's yeah yeah it's wild so and then like i've i have like researched this a little bit and there are stories from the people in that town because it was located like in a very small town and there would be like runaways from the school they would escape and it was in the middle of like nowhere utah yeah like they had to run through cornfields and they would get to this little town and they would like go to gas station you know yeah but the the parents had no clue what was going on from the sounds of it yeah and they they talk with three or four other classmates of paris's in the documentary but plus they talk about like they're you know obviously the paris's the reason Paris has now come out 20 years after the fact is because she wants to ensure that nobody goes through the same trauma that she does. But she did not even want to talk about this because she was afraid it would hurt her brand. Which, I mean, like, I completely understand. No one wants to talk about, the, like, things that are traumatizing to them in relation to, like, how they conduct business today. Because right. you're supposed to just, like, sweep that shit under the rug. And, like, one of the most uncomfortable things, which, I mean, like, I don't honestly know how 
Paris's mom should have reacted in the midst of a documentary, but Paris like kind of like tells her, and she kind of you know her I reaction. Couldn't tell if it was a genuine reaction yeah, or it, like an act. Like it, was, I almost felt like she was like fake crying. Yeah, like it was kind of like I know there's a camera pointing my face, so I have to have like some sort of reaction. But like I, I don't, you know, like but I, and I in Kathy's defense, like how are you supposed to react twenty years after the fact that you realize like your daughter was like traumatized and it was all your fault? And here's the thing, like. Is it her fault? Like, you don't know what was advertised, what they were being reported, like, what was going... Like, it's not like they knew. I don't know, because this is how it went down. This is this is from coming from Nikki Hilton, so Paris's sister, saying that in the middle of the night, one night she woke up to her parents standing outside their bedroom door... She woke up watch, screaming. ...watching Paris being drugged out of their homes, kicking and screaming, while Kathy and Richard are just standing there watching, and the next morning, everybody got up for breakfast, and nobody said a word about it. So, I mean, like, yes, Kathy and Richard, that's how this this school is coming to take your child in the middle of the night with your child kicking and screaming, and you just think it's okay. But, again, that's Paris's version. This Nikki's version. This is not Paris's version. That was Nikki yeah, telling Nikki the story. but Nikki was a child. It's not like her parents are the one dealing with Paris's behavior. I'm, I'm not advocating I guess in a child, I'm just saying you know, Nikki's only, he, Nikki's only a few years younger than Paris, so maybe like a year or two. I mean, she's so if Paris was 17, no, if, if Nikki was seven, or if Paris was 17, Nikki was only six, 15 or 16. Which, why would they involve her in adult conversations? No, about, no, no, definitely not saying that she needs to have a voice, but I'm saying that if I was sending my child to a school that was supposed to help them become a better person because my child's acting out, you know, in a sense, sending them to like what Nebraska would call Boys Town, and they had to come and take you in the middle of the night, and my child was kicking and screaming, that's not a place I would want to send. I mean, like, I joined the military. I know what it's like to go someplace kicking and screaming. Not that I did, but I've seen it with other military members. That's not a mental place that you want your children to be at. And at, a mental, at that age, your children are so susceptible to, like, trauma that that's not something I would have subjected my children to if I had children. I don't, you guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to judge parenting because I'm. it's so hard or so easy to judge people from the outside looking in. But from the inside looking out, it's always going to be different. Yeah. Um. I deal with a lot of youths in the juvenile court system, and I've seen some kids who are have exhausted all resources to attempt to rehabilitate themselves. And whether I've represented them or represented a parent, I mean, there are parents who are truly exasperated to no end where they cannot get through um, to the point where... I'm not saying that this is where Paris was at, but again, we only heard her version of, oh, I was sneaking out and going to clubs. Like, we don't know. Was she doing cocaine? Was she sleeping with, you know, what were her behaviors that led her parents to that decision? And I don't think the documentary shared that information. So I'm not going to judge her parents' parenting right now sitting without children. Like, I don't know that I would ever just like, randomly like send somebody into my kid's bedroom in the middle of the night and like steal them out of their room and that's where i have like aggressive and scary that's what i have a problem with i have no problem sending your kids to a a reform school or i mean like i of course think that there are some kids that are just you know need a little extra help a little extra discipline my problem with this whole thing is that you let 
some people, some strangers come into your home in the middle of the night and make your child feel like she was being kidnapped. Right. And you just stood there. I mean, like, if you if you cannot physically yourself drive your child to this establishment and drop them off being like, get the fuck out. You, you we're done with we're washing our hands of you for the next year you need to get your act together then i mean like i don't know like why is that person still in your house even at that point like if, if you've washed your hands that much that to me is like a little extreme like it's a whole like kidnapping and then letting obviously you did not let nikki see this but nikki did see this and they didn't even address it the next morning at breakfast like hey by the way paris is gone you know they just like moved on with their day yeah i just i would have liked to hear from their perspective before I'm not going to judge, I guess, until I hear or would have heard from their perspective because I think we're only getting 50%. Do you not feel like Kathy had enough information, like had enough of an opportunity to say her side on on this documentary? I don't think Paris gave her the opportunity to be heard, no, because she wanted to control what was being exposed and conveyed. Yeah. She controls everything about her image and her business. I mean, she does, for sure. So and she that's, controlled if, every single person who was on that documentary. Yeah, I mean, she... So she controlled the message we received. She definitely conveyed that on the, on the documentary that she is, like, you know, she is her brain and she controls what's being said about her. But, I mean, Kathy was on the the documentary a fair few times. I'm not saying that she... I'm not disagreeing with you that she did not have the opportunity. I'm just saying that she was on the documentary a yeah. lot. But, I mean, whatever is cut and said and et cetera is totally different than what was actually in reality recorded interesting i mean who knows we heard that last week from kitsy who said we watch hour-long episodes of ghost hunters who film for a week that makes it look like they were there for one night yeah i mean i guess i in my just because of my own personal experience with childhood trauma that like i am always going to take like the child's you know, yeah. side, you know, and not to say that, and like, you know, I have great parents and they're not like assholes and not shitty parents, but like I have great parents and I still have my own childhood trauma. So, I mean, like, that's why I yeah. side with Paris, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's fair. That's like, I never experienced that. So it's hard, it's hard for me to relate. And I, I think from what I do as a job, I always want to hear like all the facts. I want the whole version because there's a lot of um, just interesting, like, psychology and, you know, when you talk about childhood trauma, I think there's a lot of psychologists, you know, when you hear the word trauma, you instantly think, like, abuse in some yeah. way. When you hear PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, you think, oh my god, somebody must have, like, had something really terrible happen Or you think more. Right, like you think that, and I'm not saying that, you know, whatever is impacting you didn't impact you. You have to look at it from that person's perspective. It's not, it's not the same as being diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, for sure. It's personal and what that person's able to, um, you know, absorb in terms of what's impacted them. But um, I've just gone through like some training again. I've never experienced this, so I can't relate on a personal level what that feels like. But, you know, trauma can be defined and actually is defined, I believe, by um, psychologists and therapists. Anytime, like, a child moves schools or moves houses, 
that is defined as a trauma. When I first heard that, I was like shocked to hear that because I see it a lot in custody cases, for mm-hmm. example, where somebody's diagnosed with PTSD and you're like, oh my God, what happened to them? Like there must be abuse. You know, that's yeah. instantly where your mind goes to, but that's actually not at all accurate. And again, I'm not saying what Paris experienced to her was not traumatic and I don't want to discredit that or make it come across that way but um Paris lived a life of luxury compared to you or I in my opinion even from what the documentary show even taking that into consideration so for her to live a life of lux up to that point that probably was extremely traumatic to her because she had never experienced anything I'm not saying she hadn't experienced anything negative. She talked about being bullied um, by the girls at the school in New York after she had transferred from California. So, um, you know, it's it's just an interesting thing. And I think you have to take it from, like, a very subjective perspective on how this impacted. Maybe from your eyes perspective, that school wouldn't have been near as terrible as it was in her mind. Yeah, I mean, obviously, back in the early 2000s or whenever, ni- late 90s, early 2000s, when Paris did go to that school, like, there was not, the internet was not a thing. Like, it, right. it wasn't like they had a lot of knowledge. And I'm not saying, I'm not, like, necessarily, like, blaming Richard and Kathy. Like, I'm not saying, like, they're bad parents, because I definitely don't think that. I also don't dis- disagree that Paris is probably a shitty fucking teenager. Like, going, I don't want, I also don't want to live in New York and have my teenage daughter Going, going to, clubs. to clubs. Right. You know, like, I don't think that that's, like, you know, obviously if that was happening, I would have a big problem with that as well. Um, but I think that the way that she was sent to that school is traumatic. Yeah. And I, I think that that's where that. I have the biggest problem with is that, like, that's no way to send somebody to a new, new school. You talk, I mean, you talk it out, and then at that point, if you need, like, more help because your child's clearly resisting, you, you enlist more help in the middle of the day. I don't know why things need to happen in the middle of the yeah, night. Yeah, like, and that's... I mean, again, if if Nikki and Paris's perception as adolescents of what occurred at that time mm-hmm. is 100% accurate, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, it and, seems it seems fucked up. And the thing is, is that even if what Paris and Nikki thought at that time was not true, but that's still what they believe now to this day, that's still their feelings. And I think that that's one of the things that people feel to understand that sometimes, like, your feelings are valid and maybe they not, may yeah. not be, they're not based in truth, but you, that's what you remember and that's what right. you, that's, and, and you're entitled to feel how you feel. Yeah. And so I think that's like what I think that like people need to remember and understand is like, even though it may not be based in truth, it's still your feelings and you need to, you need to address that. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're talking about childhood trauma, I, I um, moved eight times before I lived in Spalding. So guys, I'm fucked. <laughs> Anyway, can we get into Paris's relationships because oh my gosh. that's wild. Yeah, sorry. This was actually, I mean, all jokes aside, the documentary was focused on Paris's trauma from this school in mm-hmm. Utah. Yes. But what I really took away from it, which I'm thinking you took the same thing away, was like her relationship. Girl. There's a couple things in my notes that I wanted to point out before I get too far into this is that when parent they start the documentary off when Paris is obviously young and 
one of the things that they address is that Paris was always told from a very young age, like how beautiful she was and how good looking she is and, and like kind of like always like elevated her looks. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just want to like say people like your children are also smart, even if they're beautiful. Like, you know, like that's one thing that like I always try to like, you know, implement like with the children in my life that I have around me is like, hey, you may be attractive, but you're also like intelligent and like kind. So yeah. just, you know, keep on, keep it on. Um, but <laughs> I there, mean, I may not be kind, but okay. I mean, I'm a fucking angel. <laughs> there is another part of the documentary where she refuses to leave the house without, <laughs> like she forgot her sunglasses, so she had to go back up and get them. And I fucking understand that, Paris, 110%. I cannot leave my house without my sunglasses. If Paris Hilton was dead, I would just be like, oh, Danny must be Paris Hilton. I honestly, Paris and I could be the same person. Paris, she also said that she's not going to be happy until she re- she makes a billion dollars. And fucking same, Paris. I mean, if Danny was like, that's hot. All of a okay. sudden I would be like, oh my God. The voice. Paris. The voice is what gets me, you guys. I can't. You, As you can tell from this podcast, <laughs> I have a very deep, deep voice. And I'm not here to judge someone else's voice because I, listen, I edit this podcast every week. I know what I sound like. So you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> but like, honestly, the voice... That, like, high-pitched baby, like, Britney Spears-esque voice. I just can't. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I think she addresses it on the documentary, Because on the documentary, she does not sound like that. No, not at all. Not at all. She kind of has a nasally voice. Yeah. Um, And the other thing I wanted to talk about is, like, she's never been photographed in the same outfit twice. I know. I was like, damn, I definitely can't and i was like i've been wearing the same jeans for the last three weeks yeah i was like i can't <laughs> relate to be honest i cannot oh fuck um okay that let's get into the relationships now that i had to like go off on that tangent she says that one of the things that i honestly again me and paris we are like in each other's brain waves she says that when you get married you're forced to grow up and that's why she has not gotten married yet. Is not only because she has not found a significant partner that she, you know, she's been engaged before. I think she's been engaged twice. Yeah, I was in a. She, yeah. yeah. So, um, but she says on the document that it says she says that when you get married, you are forced to grow up. And honestly, that could not be more true, because when you're single, you only have to worry about yourself. You just think about yourself, which is fine. I fucking you guys. I miss the days when I only thought about myself, and I'm not. I know that sounds conceited or as most people like to call me a narcissist, but I miss those fucking days. Welcome to Brandyland. I know. I'm honestly jealous all the time. People are like, oh, get married. It's such a great time. And I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. I love Michael to death, but stay single. Stay single, my friends. Um, but like, it, it, it's so true. You get married and now you have to think about all these adult things, you know, like, right. You want to get, you want to buy a house, which buying houses, whatever, that's an adult thing, but like, you want to buy a house with your husband. Well, if you guys get into a fight and you get a divorce, you guys put that shit 50, 50. Do you want to have kids now because you're married? Do you want to do this now because you're married? Like you have, now you're expected to hit all these other milestones because you're married. And it's just like, sometimes you just want to live your life and not be pressured into these boxes like the life is not like just a series of boxes that you need to check well and i'll like bringing this back to paris i mean she is very non-traditional she did not graduate from high school she has a ged she Mm -hmm. does not have a college education i mean for somebody of her um pedigree if you will that's super abnormal yeah and i think somebody of her pedigree, if you will, is expected to marry and mm-hmm. have babies and be a socialite and she's an heiress and all of this shit. 
And she doesn't fit that mold. And I think she struggles with that a lot. Because I think there's a part of her who is so focused on her career and making money and doing all the things that you can relate to her on. But also, um, she... I think there's this piece of her who, like, wants that other part. Like, she doesn't come out and say that. But when she's with her sister and her niece, there's this part that's, like, like, I almost pity her a little bit. Like, it's like you can tell she kind of wants that, but is, like, almost scared. Yeah. I mean, mean, again, because me and Paris are the same person. I get it. Having your own kids could, you know, it is, it's a scary thought. Because you've just never had that. You've lived your life. And Paris is 39. I mean, like, she's lived half of her life already. And... Wow, could you not put it in those terms? 34 over here. Hashtag old bitch. I mean, yikes. But you know what I'm saying? Like, she's lived a long life. And she knows what it's like. And and Oh, my God. She lived a long life. She was a good person. God bless her. (laughs) R.I.P. Paris Hilton. I mean, she might as well have one foot in the fuck during 39. Yikes. She's 39. It's the new 29. Back off. <laughs> I'm get, not saying that she's... Get off her dick, Danny. I'm not saying that she's old and dying. I'm saying that, like, her her baby-making years are, are, you know, round in the curve. I mean, I hear you. I... And so, and she does address in the documentary that she has frozen her eggs in case anybody cares. Yeah, I was like, she's got money to do that. I mean, like, but I'm, what I'm saying is, like, you know, like, you think of all these things that, like... People pressure you because you're a woman. You're supposed to have kids. Like, that's why you were put on this earth. And I'm just like, no, bitch. I was put on this earth because I'm I'm a person and I'm allowed to make my own choices. Because I have a vagina and a reproductive system does not mean that the babies need to come out of this bad boy. You know, like, and I think that's where Paris is at. Like, she, she loves kids and she loves being around kids. But at the same time, like, she wants to make herself happy. And some, and maybe that does not mean kids right now. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so, in the, in the documentary, she has a boyfriend, which I... This shit, whoa. Yeah. So, I Wikipedia'd Paris while I was watching this documentary, and this guy is not mentioned one time in her Wikipedia page, and I feel like Wikipedia is law. So... Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, um, this guy was something else. His name was Alex, like, Navosky or something. German guy. And, which sounds... He sounds Russian, but he's German. Um, and... This was intense. And all I have to say is, obviously, it didn't work out. And she has a different boyfriend at the moment. But if I'm, there's a scene where she is DJing at Tomorrowland in Germany. This, this and, shit shook me. And he is fighting with her. Number one, before we get to Tomorrowland, he comes to visit her in L.A. And she puts up cameras to watch him while she's gone. Yeah, that was weird. That's super weird. And they're like, what are you doing? She's like, I just want to know what he's doing while I'm here. Or while I'm gone, I mean. I was like, that's weird, bro, that you need to, like, security. Like, she obviously doesn't trust whoever it is. Yeah. I I think it was early in the relationship, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Excuse me. Yeah, it was. Because they say that, like, um, that was only, like, the second time he'd come to visit her. Yeah, so I think she was, like. But still. Like, I, she's like, I'm in a relationship, but it's new and I don't quite trust him. Which, in all fairness, you're. Paris F. and Hilton. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe if I was that famous, I'd also put cameras up, but it was weird. But so anyway, so she goes to DJ at Tomorrowland, which is like a festival in Germany. And he is like throwing a fucking fit because... Oh, he, she, was, he wasn't he was throwing a fit. He was like picking 
a fight with her. Yes. Like, he was, was for sure picking a fight. Yeah, it was... Um, like, it she was had lot. to do, like, press all day long. And, like, this was, like, one of, like... This was, like, one of her first major... Maybe not her first, but a large game. Her first time playing at Tomorrowland. She was super excited with this whole thing. Yeah. She did press all day. And then he's, like, backstage whining because she didn't spend any time with him. When, She's like, I go on stage in five minutes. When he should have been excited for her. And this is what I have to say to you. Ladies or men... If you are dating someone who is not excited for your personal accomplishments or career accomplishments, fucking leave his ass. Or do what Paris did, where she literally kicked him out of the festival, made them physically cut the fucking bands off of his wrist, and, and escort him out of this fucking like, festival. He, like, the security guards were, like, fighting with him to get into a car to, like, leave She his was ass. trying to, like, fix the situation, being like, I love you, I'm sorry, you know, I had to do this, blah, 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 and he was still picking fights. Like, literally, she was doing everything she could to, like, make this, com- make this argument, like, de-escalate and also he, he was not that cute i don't know if he brought anything to the table but i felt like he did not no he didn't and i googled him after this documentary and he's a quote-unquote influencer with 160,000 instagram followers Whoa. and it's paris hilton you fucking idiot yeah he was like you don't do that to paris hilton to anybody like well yeah to anybody but I mean, like, like his behavior was unacceptable it was wild period but it i think the fact that it was paris hilton because we frankly put her a little bit on a pedestal we thought she was dating better dudes but in fact she also has fuck boys that be coming around and i guess what i mean by like it on his side because now he's an an influencer he used to be like a uh, an athlete like like a soccer player or whatever But what I'm saying is, like, if you're out there in the world to try and, like, up your game, like, trying to, like, you know, get your name out there, trying to be famous because you want to be Instagram famous or whatever, like, hey. That was not the way to do it. Fucking hear you, bro. Um, (laughs) And you're dating Paris Hilton, you better fucking be licking her taint. Like, I mean, like, (gasps) I don't know what you need to do to fucking get, I mean, just, like, ride that wave. Don't be a douche. Ride the wave. Be a good person. And and get the followers. Because he could have. I mean, like, he could have been Paris Hilton's husband he could have licked paris hilton's taint he could have wow what are you doing on saturday night danny i mean with michael licking paris hilton's taint that's what i know michael (laughs) anyway um so that's one of the things i wanted to like just like reiterate to all our our lady listeners is leave don't don't put up with that shit and there was another relationship that she addressed um this was after she got out of provo canyon after the sex tape came out where she was photographed with, like, bruises on her arms, and she was in a relationship, and the guy was abused, like, physically abusing her. And she felt like he must love her so much because he was going this crazy over the things that she did. And I just want you guys to know that that's not love. That's abuse. And that is not a relationship. You need to fucking run from that shit right away. If someone is, like, literally leaving bruises on you and, like, not because you're having hot kinky sex, but because they're, like, psychopaths, you just need to fucking leave. I think that was kind of, like, a sad thing. Like, she appears to be so strong and intelligent running these business, but businesses, but there were moments like that that I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I will say this, like, I think that we all make mistakes and, you know, I've been in relationships. Do we ever? Yeah, 
I, I've been in relationships. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. I've been in relationships where, you know, I've not always been treated the best or not always been treated kindly. And I will never forget that the, I was in this run relationship where we were screaming at each other. Oh, my God. Screaming bloody murder. And somebody heard us. Like, so this was kind of like a stranger that we both kind of just knew. Like, an acquaintance, I suppose you would say. And the next morning, this person came up to me. And he's like, oh, you're, like, you're still here. And I was like, well, yeah, why wouldn't I be? He's like, well, I heard you guys arguing last night. And I was like, oh, this is awkward. And he's like, look, people people that love each other do not talk to each other like you guys talked to each other last night. It was hard for me to hear it. But, I mean, like, this person was right. Like, you when you love a person and you're in a caring relationship, like, you don't say things that you can't take back. And I'm not saying that, like, I've never said thanks to Michael that he's probably like, wow, this bitch is a fucking asshole. Because I have. Like, Michael and I are married. We've been married for, you know, three years. We've been together for five years. Like, we've said some pretty mean things to each other. But, like, not to the point where he's physically harmed me or emotionally harmed me to, to a point where we're never coming back from that. Right. So, like, all I'm saying is, like, if you're in a relationship where you're feeling physically or emotionally harmed by your partner, that's not a relationship. That's an abusive relationship. And you need to fucking leave. It was, yeah, it was just shocking, though, I think, to hear those things yeah. from her. Yeah. I mean, like, it happens to everybody. Um, the laptops. She says in this documentary that she gets a new laptop after every time that she breaks up with a guy. And she literally pulled out, like, this, like, fucking, like, container of, of MacBooks. I was like, I could use a new one. I was like, Perry's gonna get one. Danny, de- Danny needs one, first of all, Perry. Fuck off, bitch. But seriously, it was, that was wild to me. Oh, fuck you, Brandy. But yeah, no, it <laughs> You know what? Oh, no, it was. It was. Don't I, dish it if you can't take it. I could not believe that she gets a new fucking laptop. And she, her reasoning is because she, apparently she thinks that every boyfriend that she know that she has knows how to like hack into her laptop. I like, mean, I wonder if she knows how technology works. Yeah, I was like, I feel like it's all connected to an Apple ID, but what do I know? Yeah, I, I mean, I know nothing. Frankly, I was on the if phone they for ha- thirty minutes trying to get something to print the, <laughs> the other day. You know, like if they happens. could hack into one laptop, they can hack into the other one, right. bro. But yeah, so anyway, that you guys listen or not listen? Watch the Paris Hilton documentary. It's called This Is Paris. It's, it's on like YouTube. Se- it's like seventy-ish minutes. Yeah, it's not even an hour. Now. Yeah, it's good. Like honestly, like it's not like it's not a feel-good movie by any means, but like it. It brings you into, like, kind of how Paris thinks, and, like, it makes you realize that she's actually a very savvy businesswoman. Yeah, I liked it. I did, too. Wow. And that's all we have to say about that. So we went off there a little bit. Went off the rails. As we do. You know what? I blame Danny's boozing before recording. Hey, you guys, I'm just here to have a good time. Not here for a long time. Here I just don't time. know why Brittany, you know, just want to booze it up with me all night long. I've... I've court in the morning. Well, Brandon's like, it's 747. Can you please get the fuck out of my house? <laughs> hey, you guys, gotta go. Got a hard out at 8 o'clock, yeah, so... We gotta call Danny and Uber now. <laughs> Alright, you guys. Uh, you know, that's all we got for this week, so we'll catch you next time. Love you, miss you. Bye! Bye.